So I've been getting a ton of questions from you guys in the comments, in my DMs, on Twitter and on Instagram about like, Brandon, you made this video talking about lead generation and how we can leverage our outbound prospecting through hiring a full-time ISA on our teams for four, five, six dollars an hour with people that are native English speaking ISAs. How in the world do we do this? So I grabbed the owner of the company that's making this happen for us. And I don't know, we spent maybe 30 minutes going deep on the process so that all of you can get the answers to the questions that I think you guys all have. And so if after watching this video, you guys want to really dive into having a full-time ISA that works for you directly 40 hours a week, making outbound prospecting phone calls, generating listing leads every single day, I'm gonna put a link underneath this video in the description and in the pinned comments. You guys can click it. You can schedule some time to talk with his team. They'll walk you through how the entire process works. But in addition to that, watch the next 30 minutes. And I think you're going to get a lot of the questions that you have answered. All right, so let's rock and roll. So I have, I was just telling you guys off air, we put a video on the YouTube channel, I think two days ago, and I was talking about lead generation and specifically leveraged lead generation through ISAs. And I don't know, we probably have gotten... 50, 60, 70 people in the last 24 hours. Hey, what company should I use? Where should I go? And so I thought that uh, we might as well just get the owner of the company on the podcast. And so Gus, appreciate you uh, you jumping on with us today. Yep, here, love it. So what I want to talk through is the the old model of outsourcing ISAs to the new model, Gus, of what you guys are doing today and why that's so much better uh, for for the end user, right? For the real estate agent. And I have been from our team too, who's nobody better on the planet who's mastered this process. And so I want to talk through that entire thing because I'm just getting blown up with questions about this process. So first off, yeah. Gus, let's can you take a second to unpack the the old, you know, done for you ISA model, and then we'll talk about what what's different today. Yeah. So yeah, great question, Brian. So what we do what we did originally was we had a call center, right? We had people, you know, within the call center, employees of ours, and it was always a fixed number of people. It could be, you know, 50 people, 100 people. I think we had as, as many as 150 people at one point, right? And, but, you know, you, you don't get to pick someone from those 150 people. The, the challenge of this model was always, okay, I've got 10 people available. I've got five people available. Mm. There were times when I had zero people available. Well, you gotta wait until someone gets out of training uh, you know, and is ready to go, right? So you always had a limited kind of a talent pool and we would rent, essentially rent those folks out, right? You'd rent those folks out and the cost, you know, to the client was anywhere from, you know, $12, $15 an hour was the typical cost, you know, for to, to, to do that done uh, with you, done for you model, right? That's sure. what we did. And we ran that model for years. Uh, we probably serviced, you know, hundreds, over a thousand clients, I'm sure, uh, with that model, but it had challenges, right? And you know, one of the things we did about, it was about 18 months ago, we said, okay, we were seeing other models emerge in the marketplace and not so much in ISA, but in the virtual assistant space. Sure. And it was a different model called the placement model, okay? Mm -hmm. So in this model, uh, you don't have someone as your employee, as a call center, you actually help find someone from the industry and you place them on a team directly and, you're, and you get out from the middle of that relationship. Okay? Yep. And you assist with the coaching, the wrapping up and the training of that person. But ultimately the relationship belongs to the, the client and the ISA. Okay? Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yep. That, that you put them together and they rock and roll. So I, I saw that and I thought, wow, that is, that looks like a really, really interesting model, but there's always a challenge, right? It competed with my other model. It was very profitable, very, very big. I had 150 people doing this. However, I saw the writing on the wall though. I'm actually really, really proud to say this because people talk about the, the concept of you should always try to put yourself out of business. Like, right. We did that, right? Like, yeah, you did. We were selling both. We were selling both models. I'm like, so we did both for a few months until I realized, holy cow, the results we're getting yeah. from the new one just blew the other model out of the water. And the biggest factor that we saw was two things. Number one, quality of the person we were able to get. Instead of going from a pool of 100 people, and or not even 100 people, 10 people that were available at any given time, we were going to a pool of thousands of people, always. Mm. We always had a pool of thousands of people. We get 200 applications a day in my team. Okay, we have a full-time recruiting team. That's all they do. They sift through these applications. 200 a day. So anytime a client came and, hey, I want a great ISA, we always have the best available in the whole country. And right now we're working in both Mexico and Colombia, right? So we get the best people out of a pool of hundreds of thousands of people wow. that can do this job at the highest level. That was one model. The other one, Brandon, is that the total cost of ownership yeah. was lower. That's okay? right. Crazy. For the client. For yeah. the client. So, and, 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 so, and the client what we're talking about is the real estate agent. So everybody listening to this on the podcast or watching this on YouTube, when Gus says client, we're talking about you, the real estate professional. Go, Keep going. Yeah, definitely. Total. So imagine, so you have a model, right? That, you know, uh, quite frankly, higher, old, mar old model is higher margin, right? No, we made more money off of it. But you see this other model that can get the client, the, the real estate agent, better results at a better price. That's right. So it's like blockbuster looking at Netflix. It's like right there. And I could see it. I, I you know, I, I've been through a bit around the block and saying, okay, this, I'm either going to adopt this model and make it my own or someone else is going to displace me from the marketplace. Right. So yeah. we went all in on it. And that is now the only model that we offer better overall cost of ownership, better results. Amazing. And the cool thing is Ben and I both, and we're going to speak to this in a second, I want to talk about, I want to get really, really clear for the audience so they can grasp this because they, they have a lot of questions about this. So let me be very, very specific. The, the idea of leveraged lead generation by hiring an ISA to make outbound phone calls to generate listing opportunities maybe isn't that new of an idea. However, what you had to do in the past is go out into your local market, hire somebody local, which was very difficult to do. So you had a limited talent pool, Gus, to your point. You'd have to bring this person on. And to get somebody local, let's just say you live in Minnesota, as an example, and you hired somebody, well, that person, you're not going to, that, that might cost you forty, forty-five thousand dollars $45,000 a year for somebody to do the hardest job in our business, which is to hit the phones every single day. So that was very difficult, and it was very difficult to make that profitable. Then what happened on the, his, the, the history timeline is these outsource models start coming, right? So Power ISA and some other companies said, listen, you could just hire one of our people. And it was, I don't know what the end, it was like, what, 1500 bucks or 2000 a month or something like that was the end offer. And you can hire an ISA from Power ISA. They'd work for Power ISA. And to your point, there's a lot of challenges in between there. And now where we landed today, which I absolutely agree, which is the best model I've ever seen, I have somebody on my team, so does Ben, 
where we partner with Power ISA with Gus's team. Gus's team goes out there to an endless pool of talent, recruits multiple um, options for you to interview. You hire somebody full-time on your team, and here's the best part. Now the cost, we're talking about 4 5 $6 an hour for a full-time, talented, skilled ISA. It's like the best of both worlds. Ben, what would you say about that? It, you nailed it. I, I, I can't agree more. So the first situation you described yes. is, let's say you do succeed with a local person. Nine times out of 10, they say, I'm just going to go do this on my own. Like exactly. I'm doing the hardest part of the job. I'm just going to become an agent. And that's you right. lose them after you train them. Um, and then being somebody that's gone through working with somebody like Power ISA in the old model, the problem that I ran into the most, and we can get into this more in a minute, was that Gus trained them. Gus held them accountable. But every agent has different needs, different territories, different right. markets. And that's what the tipping point was. I went through four different companies um, on the old model and the new model is it's bulletproof because you get what you put into it. That's right. That's right. You hire them direct. They're, they work on your team. They're part of your team. You can create your own systems, your own operations, your own coaching, your own methodologies. Um, and Gus's team is going out there saying, well, hey, we'll go out and find the talent. And then you can hone that talent how you want them to be, which is amazing, right? So that is super exciting. So can you, now that we understand the different models and, and hopefully the audience kind, kind of gets it, one of the major questions that I get, and then we'll unpack kind of your process in a second, is, oh, I've tried to outsource ISAs before and it didn't work because, you know, they could barely talk English. They could barely speak English. You know, their accents were so heavy, you know, it didn't work that great. And I'm like, guys, you don't understand if they talk to my ISA, Gus, that you hired for us, you wouldn't even be able to tell. You would not be able to tell that that this person is living in Mexico full time. And I know this to be true because many of our audiences have talked to this person on our team and they don't know. And right. so, so how is that? Can you just, I don't know if you could pull back the curtain a little bit on that, but like the talent pool is English just... Are they bilingual? Is it their first language, second language? How are you able to do that? Yeah, so, you know, and that's a really good point because that's a big concern that people Yes, have. it's and the they, number they, they one. Yeah, no, and, and we've all gotten that call. You, you get a call from someone, you pick up, it's a local number, and you hear immediately hear someone with a really thick accent on the other end. It's not, it doesn't you know, inspire confidence in any way, shape, or form, yeah. right? So you wanna, you don't wanna be that person. You don't wanna be on the other end of that phone call, right? So the advantage that Mexico has, and a lot of countries in Latin America have, is that there's an enormous, enormous population that grew up in the States, okay? Mm. It's very difficult to teach someone to have a native accent. It, it, we have, like, I, I, again, 150 ISAs, maybe a couple of them that learned English in Mexico and they're on the border. Like I grew up on the border with the US. So I, I sure. feel like an American that I spent, you know, half the time, you know, crossing the border, going to the movies, going to Disneyland, all that, all that fun stuff, right? I lived next to California. So I, so I'm, I'm kind of the exception to the rule, but I don't even think so. I watched US TV all my life, all my family was there. So you have people in Mexico that have those experiences. They grew up on the border, they, they would go to the US all the time, or they literally grew up as kids 
in the US and then came back to Mexico. So that is a huge advantage. There's some things that you just can't teach. That's At right. Native accent, you really can't teach it. And something else, Brandon, right? Like like sarcasm is a very American mm. thing. Okay. okay. That, that, that is another piece of it you really can't teach. You don't want to have be the agent getting a million dollar listing appointment, right? Because your ISA didn't understand that they're pulling their chain. Oh, yeah, I'll sell it for a million bucks, right? Wow. Oh, I got, a, I got a million dollar listing appointment. Such a good point. And that's not real, right? And, and we so saw that a lot with, with ISAs that even though their accent was decent, they didn't get that mm. uh, that banter, that sarcasm, that back and forth that you get from just living in the U.S., watching mm. U.S. TV, and really getting into the culture—that's a big advantage in Mexico and also Colombia. Those sure. are the two top countries that have folks that grew up in the states, Mexico, Colombia, and these those are really the only places you're going to find that talent. Yeah, and I just think that's something, Gus and Ben, that we don't talk about enough. That I want to make sure that we do is because that's probably the biggest concern. Is, as soon as you say outsource, everyone shuts down immediately because they think, oh, thick accent is going to be bad experience for the end user. I'm telling you guys and girls, boys and girls watching or listening, the, the, that's probably one of the best things, Gus, is the candidates that you, that you provide to the client, you can't tell that they're not just in, you know, they're not just down the street in Ohio. It's, it's amazing. So anyway, uh, I digress. So let's talk about the process that you guys go through of actually recruiting the skilled people, Gus, and give us context. You were sharing some things with me, I don't know, a couple months ago, and it's a really cool process, you know, and from the, from the standpoint of the opportunity for the ISA, yeah. can you give us a little behind the scenes curtain there? Like this, this opportunity to work for a Ben Riles in the States is a great opportunity for these people versus what they can get in Colombia or Mexico. Is that correct? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, in both Colombia and Mexico, you have really large call center industries. Okay. We have, you know, all the big call centers like a teleperformance, teletech. I mean, there's 3000 seat call centers in multiple cities in, in, in both of these countries. There's hundreds of thousands of people working at them. Now they do it because people are bilingual. A lot, again, these are folks that are working for Comcast, they're working for Amazon, they're working for mm. these massive companies where, you know, as long as you can speak, hold the conversation down in English, that's the bar. And they okay. advertise it that way. 70% English minimum because they want people that are bilingual. Okay. Within that ecosystem, you get people that are native English speakers. Okay. Mm. And, and, and they're always looking for a better opportunity because they see around them, holy cow, you guys can barely speak English. And we're making the same amount of money and, and doing the same work. Like I'm probably can do better than this. So they're always looking for a new opportunity. And the top of the top, the top 10% of the industry have that language ability. Okay. They've mm. got that native. It's the top 10%. And you want them. So hit the top 10% have the ability to do the job. Okay. Some of them have no desire to go into sales. Let's just say, sure. say what it is. They'd rather do tech support. They'd right. rather do customer service. They'd rather do because that's like it's it's easier, quite frankly, yeah. it's easier, right? So you want people that have done sales, that have done outbound prospecting. There's a big industry in Mexico right now about prospecting, not really for real estate, but mostly for solar, for yeah. insurance, mm. for collections. Yeah. Huge. For, so yeah, so we're looking for folks that have that background, okay? That they've done cold calling for related industries, and if they've spoken to homeowners, even better because we get rid of the number one thing you can't, in my opinion, let me know, Brandon, 
that you cannot train for, which is called reluctance. Oh, 100%. It's not going to go away. You can't have yeah. people that have that, right? So our job is to find out of that 10%, those native English speakers, who can do sales, right? Mm. Who has proven ability in the sales role and that outperform other people in sales that have done outbound prospecting. And we even recruit out of outbound prospecting call centers, mm. okay? Because the compensation they get by working for a real estate agent is in the top 1% of folks, earners here in the country, okay? Wow. That's why they aspire to do that. They wanna work for a client in the US. They wanna work for a US-based company. They don't wanna work for a US company that has a call center in Mexico. It's a very yeah. different experience, very different experience. And this is the top of the top. It's competitive. It's not easy to get to that level. So hmm. they aspire to really get that role and we help make that happen. That's and what is the difference between between the two income that that oh. the ISA can make, right? Because that's something you oh, explained to me that once you cut out that middle person, they work directly for me and not another company. What's the jump? So the jump is at least uh, they're making twice the money. Immediately they're making twice wow. the money on salary, wow. on salary. Wow. Crazy. You throw some bonuses in there and it becomes multiple of that. Right? So now so they're more incentivized to do a good job. They're more incentivized to show up. Cool. Yeah, and, and, the, and the feedback that I've gotten from the ISA that's been with us for, I don't know, maybe two years now? I think it's two years now, for sure. Two, two, years. two years. The feedback he gives us, we were just on a call with him today yet again, is when you make somebody part of the team and they feel a culture or a leadership, constantly our ISA is like, dude, I have just never worked for anybody like you guys before. Thank you so much. They're so appreciative versus, you know, the entitled uh, uh, person that comes from maybe, I don't know, privilege or whatever you want to call it, that doesn't appreciate anything you do for them. And so not only are these people super, super grateful, they're great at what they do. They just, they really appreciate the opportunity. Unlike you've ever, something you've ever seen before. Ben, has that been your experience too? Totally. And so... The new model is good for me, the agent, and for the ISA for that very reason. Yeah. My biggest frustration before on the old model was there was a disconnect, right? I just got a lead. I had no context. I didn't know the conversation, what had happened, what had not happened right. on the call. And um, the new model, they're in my daily life. They're in our huddles. They're in our communication. We are constantly having conversations back and forth about prospects. So that gives me the ability to be in tune with their work life, but also just like have a real relationship and know that we're headed towards the same goal and we're both going to benefit from it. That's right. That's right. So, so Gus, your team goes out there and, and finds really good talent. You bring these people to um, to the interview process, right? That that's what the service is. So you guys go out there and do that, and then the the real estate agent has the opportunity to meet these people that say, "Yeah, Gus, I really I really liked Amy. She she was great. Let's go ahead and move forward. Let's give her an offer." Um, and then you guys place them. Now I want to talk about that point in time because here's I think where um, some or most or all real estate agents kind of get it wrong, right? They, they think 100%. that they can just give the credit card and, and magically all the problems, they disappear. I got this ISA. I don't have to make phone calls anymore. My life is great. They put their feet up and they say, okay, 
Uh, let's make it happen. Well, Ben, can you speak to, uh, is that true? And if it's not true, which is not, can you speak to what it's actually like? Absolutely. So that's 100% not true. That's where the, the Gus's role hands over to how you really helped me was um, now it's, it co- goes into a time of training, setting up systems, setting up expectations. Gus does a phenomenal job of, of hiring the person, getting them on board, making a really smooth ha- handoff. Like I, what you didn't mention is I interviewed, I think five or six people right. to make the hire. So it's not like Gus gives me one option. I had several options. They were all great candidates. Yeah. And you picked um, the best. You picked the best. You picked the best. That's right. Yeah. So, but I got to fix, like see who I resonated with. But then once I went over, it's you have an employee and you've got That's to right. train them. You've got to dive deep in setting up the right systems. And the 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 pro and the con is now you're responsible for the results. So if you put the time in and really pour into this person, then you guys will have an awesome community, an awesome relationship, but you will have an awesome partner in your business. That's if right. You, don't pour into them, then then your results are going to be what your results are, right? They're yeah. they're going to be the time you put into it is what you're going to get, and and that's what I found. That's what Brandon helped me with so much is setting those systems up and kind of cutting through um, the learning curve, if you will. Yeah, and I want to unpack that even more. But I don't know. Did we talk about ISA compensation? That's another question. Like, well, what are we paying these people? Did we talk about that at all? I don't think we have. Did we? No, no, Briefly. not yet. Yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest thing, you know, we tell folks, we give pills a range. It's usually going to be 5 yeah. to $6 an hour. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Typical range, you know, and the only reason you can go a little bit higher than that is because someone has very relevant experience, might, might have done real estate before, but even like, you know, experienced people, 5 to $6 a range, uh, $5 an hour covers 99% of cases that we're seeing right now. Yeah. And so I like to do, set their salary, just to your point, 5 to $6 uh, an hour. Uh, as a salary. And then I like to even do a bonus structure. So this person who's already coming to you, who's going to earn more double than what they have been earning just on the salary, it's very cost effective for you. So the salary for you is eight hundred, eight or $900 per month for a full-time ISA, 40 hours a week. And then I like to do the bonus structure. That's where we have a lot of fun with it. And you can play around with this. You know, For every lead you generate, it's X more. For every contact it's this for every appointment it's whatever you want to set up ben what have you done to structure compensation yeah so another thing is that i know you did and and advised me to do and gus recommended as well is give them some benefits so yeah um help them pay for some health insurance or different things like that but on the bonus side it, it does two things they get a salary so they get rewarded for their work of of showing up putting in the grind then I've done um, when they identify a lead and then I also identify that as a lead. So you identified it, I identified it, great, you get a bonus. And then if I get the listing, it's a bonus. And then when it closes, it's a bonus. So what that does is it it. gives them a pipeline. um, And hey, I just got a bonus today for work I did three months ago. Mm. Um, And it gives them that kind of longevity in the career to know like, Hey, I'm not like going to leave. This is somewhere I'm going to be for a long time because of all the work I've done behind me, I'm going to continue to benefit from. 
moving yeah, forward. That's great. And so I want to I want to talk about a little bit on that on that training side, Ben, in a second. And you know, we I don't know if we have time to get super deep into it, but I mean that's what Ben and I do, right? We we coach real estate agents on this model. It's what we help them to do. So um, we'll we'll talk about where you guys can can get contact with with Gus and his team. We'll put a link in the description. We'll put a link in the comments. But um, Ben, let me just ask you: what what are maybe two or three things when it comes to having a great process of onboarding a new ISA and then maybe a training schedule or calendar to get that ISA into you know high levels of production as, as fast as possible. What is it that you did? Yeah, so when I first brought him on, I devoted a couple days to this yeah. and I just went deep with him. So they're getting paid, right? But I think um, Zig Ziglar said, what's worse than somebody you train or is it, somebody you don't train and they stay or somebody you train and they leave, right? So invest in those people. So the very first thing I did was spend a couple of days, gave them the, like, educate them on my market, yeah, right? So that they knew where I'm located, my office, where suburbs I service, um, and then what to expect with that. So just geographically, then we went into just because they've called, like you said, for a lot of different people, some people. Um, so I just set expectations of what it is we do, what we're looking for, because um, the consumer that's receiving the call on the other end, a lot of times is unclear on what you're trying to accomplish. So mm. I wanted the person that's actually making the sale to understand who we are, what we're trying to do and really understand um, the business as a whole from 40,000 feet to give them context. Um, and then we dove into um, really training on the scripts, tone, all the things that I have learned as an agent and through prospecting. Now I'm, I'm getting to train my ISA on that and just get the basics. And then we went into the tools, like how to use that stuff, um, all that, get every that foundation dialed um, all my systems I set up. So a lot of things are automated, really easy for them to use. Um, templates for emails, like all that nitty gritty. We can talk more about one-on-one, um, -on -one, but the, that's the key is to really devote the time to get them a solid foundation so they feel equipped to make the calls and you're getting the best return on your investment. Yeah, I love it. And to touch on quickly, what, what are some expectations or, you know, yeah. results maybe that someone can, it, it's, it all comes down what, to what you put into it, right? That's always the question. Well, how many listings can I get? Well, dude, pump the brakes. That's the wrong question. The question is, what are question. you going to do in the beginning 100%. that will lead to the results? That's the right question. So, Let's pretend but, for a second someone does. Go ahead. Yeah. So you, you, you nailed it. I think people have false expectations. Yeah, 100%. They sign up for one of these companies and they think just, uh, solid million dollar listing is going to be booked. I'm just going to show up and sign the papers. I know. And then they hire somebody. They think that person is going to, that you're paying, let's be clear, you're paying them five to $6 an hour. And all of a sudden you think they're going to do your job better than you. Yeah. I don't know why we're so crazy. So why we hire ISAs is to shake the trees and identify people that are interested in potentially doing something down the road. 
then the Beautiful. agents, yeah, right? Okay. So that's where it's that's wrong. That's what we do. That's what Shake we're doing. The trees. It's it's a lead generation position. That's yep. what it is. It's to yep. shake the tree to find opportunity. It's the agent's job to convert. Go ahead. I, yes. I'm sorry. So now you nailed it. The, the agent converts. You still have to pick up the phone. If you have call reluctance, I'm I'm going to speak against everyone's best interest here. Do not hire an ISA. Right. You need to master the phone first. That's right. And overcome that because you are the person that's going to have to train this this ISA. You're going to have to be, so how are you going to hold them accountable if you haven't done it first? So 100%. master that first so that when you hire the ISA, it creates leverage and um, buys back time. So the time you, you still have to call, the time that you are calling is most efficient um, use of your time. And you're talking to people that already have been identified. So they're warm leads and you're trying to set appointments and follow up with people. Yeah, I think Gus and I would agree 100% in that if you're thinking about hiring an ISA because you're running away from pain, it's the wrong reason to do it. You hire an ISA because you're getting such great results with your own prospecting that you want to double no more time. And you have no more time. And so you leverage the, the, the activity that's leading to great results for yourself through somebody else. That's why you do it. Because I see too many agents running away. Oh, this thing's going to save me. I don't have to call any. I don't have to do any of the, the hard stuff. No, that's not why you do this. And Gus, yes. would you agree? A hundred percent. I don't just agree. Uh, I, we measure this. Okay. Mm. We, we saw people that were coming from your program, Brandon, yeah. and that had this chip. They knew exactly how to use the ISA. Mm -hmm. They were using that shake the tree model and they understood that their job was to take that, that lead, that prospect to the finish line. That was their role. Your clients, your students have triple the success rate wow. of people coming off the street. Okay. Because they get it. They understand that the ISA is in that lead generation role. They give you leads for their pipeline. And the more people you talk to, the more realistic conversations, relevant realistic conversations you have on a daily basis, that's the name of the game mm -hmm. and how to get those from that initial conversation to the closing table. So uh, I'm not only, I, I, I learned this model from you guys, right? I love, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed to say that. I, we've done it all, right? We've done straight appointment setting and lead generation, different parts of it. This lead generation model is three times as successful than any other thing we've tried before, okay? Mm. So this is not a suggestion. Amazing. This is not like you probably should do this. No, no, you <laughs> have to do it this way, right? Yeah, if yeah. you wanna be successful with outbound prospecting, leveraged about prospecting, leveraged lead generation. That's right. And Ben nailed it. It's that just imagine a world, right? This doesn't get you out of prospecting. It's just when you talk to 20 people, imagine those 20 people that you're talking to every day, instead of it being the first contact, it's all people that your ISA have identified that have the potential to sell. That's a completely different mindset. That is what we're doing here. So Gentlemen, so much uh, appreciation for, for this conversation because it's what people are asking about. And so if you guys want to have a conversation with Gus and his team about bringing an ISA onto your team to really scale your business, we're going to put a link. It'll be in the description right underneath the video. It'll be the pinned comment. And so all they have to do is click that link, Gus. They schedule some, a day and time to talk to your team and then 
the interview process can start. How fast, like, what does that process look like? How fast can they start, you guys start getting them candidates? From when they first talk to us yes. to when their ISA is calling is probably a week. Um, again, wow. it depends on them really being on it, right? If they're, if sure. they're on it and they're and they're making- I thought you just did that for me, Gus. I didn't know you did no. that for everybody. <laughs> You're not special, uh, Ben. So that, that's the magic of this model, right? That's the magic of this model versus before we had to wait and let's see right. who's available and oh, hold on one more week, one more week. It, it is within seven days, you've got that ISA interview happening. You've got an ISA selected, seven days on average. It's amazing. You guys do great work, Gus. We appreciate you very much. Ben, we appreciate everything you're doing to, to make this model work for our people in our community. So thank you guys so much. Awesome. Love it, guys.